Welcome back to another episode of Write With Influence. This is a short podcast about copywriting with some sketches thrown in for good measure. Now this week I'm actually working from my living room because I'm having my office redecorated. Yay! Very excited about that and I'm hopeful that it will improve my Zoom background. So as we all know it's very very important these days and I've got a plan to make sure that the correct books are shown on the bookshelf to show that I'm a learned and consummate professional but with a dash of personality or at the very least look like I'm not trapped in a corner as I do now. Uh, Last week uh, a guy I was interviewing asked if there was a sink behind me and I had to explain that no, what he thought was a pair of shiny taps was actually a large stainless steel beaver pencil sharpener and a large chicken that is a magnetic paperclip holder. When you put the paperclips on, it looks like feathers. Yes, learned and professional. Have you modified your background to give the right impression? There was an unfortunate instance recently where a lady was being interviewed by the BBC and she had a very embarrassing item on her bookshelf, which was funny, but for some reason all I could think about was the dust because it was on quite a high shelf and those are usually the books that don't get used as much and so the shelves tend to gather quite a bit of dust up there. Anyway, on to today's show. I want to walk you through a pragmatic exercise for identifying and using emotion in your copy. It's it's simple, it's a very easy technique, but it is useful for building a narrative that uses emotion without being over the top. You probably already know that people make decisions based on emotion, including buying decisions. It often means that someone is hiring you because on some level it makes them feel good, whether that's feeling good because they know that their building's insurance is going to cover them should they have an emergency leak, or feeling good because they know those thermal socks are going to keep them toasty on a long woodland walk. If you go back to episode 10, which is the real reason people buy your product, You'll see some examples of purchases made on emotions, including my dad's salmon-coloured jumper, very snazzy, and my mum's gold spray paint for the garden. And it's not just small buying decisions that are influenced by emotion, it can be pretty big investment decisions as well. Miss Harrison, after extensive research by me and the partners at Bumbershoot and Boondoggle Global Wealth Management, we have a range of investment options for you to consider. Fantastic. The first is Apple. Nope. I know, now some say the US tech bubble is about to burst, but they did deliver revenues of more than $100 for the first time over the Christmas quarter. We believe there are further gains to be had. I don't like Tim Cook. Concerns about his leadership style. Concerns about his face. He looks the spit of my old chemistry teacher. When I think about Apple, I think about Tim Cook. When I think about Tim Cook, I think about Mr. Webb from chemistry. When I think about Mr. Webb from chemistry, I think about being yelled at a lot and also burning off my eyebrows. Right. What else do you have? As security against inflation, we do recommend you consider gold. Well, that song was the soundtrack to my first and last dance with Richard Briggs. Apparently my moves were not quite in time with Spandau Ballet's great hit. Okay. I mean, I was set up to fail. You've got the heart attack of a drum solo on the one hand and a swaying saxophone layered on top. How how do you dance to that? Why couldn't it have been just a bit of tapau? So no, no to gold. You can't make investment decisions like this. You want me to review my portfolio only to be confronted by a tidal wave of shame, embarrassment and regret? But you would be making money. But at what cost to my emotional well-being? This really is a barbaric strategy. Look, look. 
I've been doing my own research and I do have some companies that I'd like you to invest in. This company makes bouncy castles and jelly. I'd like to put 2.3 million into that. What? Never had a bad time on a bouncy castle. Jelly always makes me smile. If they make ice cream as well, double the investment. Okay. This company is heavily involved in bringing back crop circles and finding the Loch Ness Monster. Remember how exciting crop circles were. Bouncy castles, jelly, crop circles and Nessie. That's how I want to feel when I look at my portfolio. And hungry and penniless. What? Nothing. Now, if your audience is making decisions based on emotion, you've got to make sure that your copywriting is targeting this. But how? Because we might think that our services, well, you know, make someone feel more confident or relaxed or gives them peace of mind. But simply saying that isn't as powerful as showing it. And this exercise encourages you to to think about the emotional state of your customer before they work with you, after they work with you, and to think about the changes that there are, and then to list some specific reasons that relate to that emotional state. One thing I'd say is that using emotions in your copy doesn't mean being overly emotional. A lot of classic copywriting really drives into the emotions, and I think that's a reason why people think that sales copy is sometimes over the top, that it has to have this dramatic element to be persuasive. And hence, that's why you do see a lot of headlines, including shocking secrets and saved marriages. A lot of clickbait headlines still employ this over the top style. And it might get attention in the short term, but it's probably not sustainable as a long term content strategy. You don't have to go over the top to make emotions work for you in your copy. Here is my approach that I like to pin down, and it breaks it down into four stages. One, What is causing trouble for your audience? Two, how does that make them feel? Three, what can you do to help with that problem? And four, what are they likely to feel afterwards? If it's easier to think about this in a narrative form, you might say, hey, you know, you might be concerned about this thing, it's making you feel this way. Well, we do these things so you can feel like this. Lots of thises and things in there, but obviously you would include your specifics. And what I would say is that the more specific you can be to your customer, the better your copy will be. And that's just generally a great rule. Specificity, it's great. So let's walk through an example. Let's say you sell project management software and it's software that can be customized based on a customer's needs. And right now I'm working on some sales messaging for a product like this for a client uh, that operates in a specialized industry. So walking through that narrative, number one, what's causing trouble for our audience? Let's imagine that they're using multiple tools to manage their products, spreadsheets, some productivity tools, maybe something like Trello, but they're not, these tools aren't covering everything they need, which means they have to check multiple places for updates on tasks. Sometimes things get lost or missed. It's just a lot of high touch to move and track a task from started to done. So number two, how does this make the customer feel? Well, frustration is probably high on that list, but also likely annoyance at their inefficiency. They know that they could be doing things in a better way, but they're just not sure how. There may even be concerns around money. How much is this inefficiency costing them in in overtime or in headcount if you need multiple people to complete the different tasks? And maybe they may even worry that This inefficiency could be eroding their competitive edge because they can't get work as quickly out the door as they would like to, or they can't process orders as fast as they'd like to, or they can't, you know, launch a new exciting product and initiative because 
all their resources are tied up with the current work. So section three, we would then move into how we help with that. And in this case, for this product, we would explain that our project management software can be customized, but the customization is guided by a team of experts who go in, they see how you're working, they see what you need and write the specific code and the tools you need to build it directly into the system. And what this means is you don't have to track multiple tools, you can do more with fewer resources. So how does that make them feel, the final part? Well then, it's a logical step, a logical next step to say, look, when you do this, when you have this in place that you don't have now, you can feel more confident in your processes. You can probably even feel excited, reinvigorated in your work because in instead of spending 30% of your time on, on administration and tracking tasks, you're doing the work that you love. You're increasing your productivity, you've got a happier workforce, and in turn that makes your life easier, makes you happier. Now right there is a very, very simple narrative that is all about emotion, but because you're matching it up to concrete specific actions or features or benefits of your product, it sounds more conversational, it sounds more grounded and logical, and it sounds more robust than simply saying, use our product and be more confident when you increase your productivity. You know, it doesn't sound whimsical or over the top. And I would just put those four sections together in your copy. Here's what you're dealing with. Here's how that makes you feel. Here's what we do to solve that. And here's how you can expect to feel differently. Now that's the episode for today. Just a short shot in the arm of emotional inspiration for you. Try it out. Oh, and if you have time and any redecorating office design tips to make the perfect Zoom background, feel free to let me know. The moral of today's podcast is to pay attention to your customers' emotions. Because if you don't, you could really miss an opportunity to connect on a deeper level. And, you know, paying attention to emotions is just generally good advice because, well, if you don't pay attention to the emotions of people around you, you could end up hurting someone's feelings. Afternoon, Captain Evil. May I say, the lair is looking great. Oh, you noticed. Been decorating. Getting my background ready for Zoom calls. Got a new monitor just for evil deeds and some dead stuff pickling in jars. Not sure what you do with them. I got them off Evil Bay, but didn't have any instructions. What have you got for me? A scathing profile of you in the Times. Ooh, lovely. By a Miss Harrison. She does not like your evil ways. Let's see. She thought it was terrible that you removed all montages from 80s films and made people watch them in real time. Yeah, that's a good one. It made the Karate Kid seven weeks long. Took him three days just to paint Mr. Miyagi's house. <laughs> so evil, so evil. She hates your weather machine that makes it snow but never settles. Oh, that's a good one. Mummy, mummy, can I go out and play in the snow and do what? Lick snowflakes. Can't have a snowball fight if it doesn't settle. Can't build a snowman. Can't do anything. It's no fun. <laughs> so evil. Anything else? Your fixed rate mortgage is coming up for renewal. Uh, I do need to look at that. They're much more stringent when you're self-employed. And you got a two-star review on your rental. What? What did they say? Um, da, 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 da. They thought the portcullis was a little unnecessary, made it difficult to get groceries in and out from the car bed was a bit too firm and the bathroom was outdated. That king size is brand new and had that beautiful eider down from John Lewis. Did they mention the Wi-Fi? It's, it's, it's a lot better since we got the booster and that bathroom has just been done. I, th I really thought people would like the metro tiles. And the curtains were garish. They were my mother's. Well, you know what some people are like. They're just hard to please. I know, I just, 
really put a lot of thought into that bathroom. It's brought me down a little. Don't fancy a drink tonight, do you? Ah, uh, some of the others are going bowling and then karaoke. Well, I'll come with you. I love bowling. And I've almost perfected my muskrat love. You, you, you could be the Tennille to my captain. Evil. If it was just me, I would. But some of the others find you a bit intense. And sometimes they just want to leave the evil behind come five o'clock. Maybe another time? Okay, yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, no problem. Go and have fun. Oh, and apparently they found the Loch Ness Monster. Some exploration company has made billions. Order for delivery, please. Large bolognese pizza, tub of ice cream, your chocolate brownies. No, I haven't broken up with someone. Just a bit down. It's delivery to the evil lair, please. They'll be fine. I'll keep the portcullis open for them. Thank you. Thank you.